1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this special episode of Fan of History. Hello, Gary. Hello, Bernardino. How are you? Uh, it's Bernie and Gary here today, and Bernie is not prepared for his podcast, so he's going <laughs> to interview Gary. He's going to tell us all the stuff. You don't have to listen to my voice. You could hear Gary's beautiful voice. It sounds like butter.
0: <laughs> sounds like butter.
2: <laughs> Just like butter. That's a compliment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, that's... I would never have used... Yeah, okay. It was the right. thing. It was on Saturday Night Live. They used to say she has a voice like butter. So,
0: spoken Anyhow. in a Bronx accent like ba <laughs> or a Cockney accent
2: like bah. No, he has a beautiful. He has a great voice. I, I always like listening to Gary. So, so Gary, obviously, as we know, is history in the Bible. Gary Stevens, and he. We are going to talk today about.
0: Tell us what we're going to talk about, Gary we're going to talk about how the judeans ended up in exile in babylon. Awesome. To set the stage, we're talking about the period from about 610 BC or BCE if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. down to around about 582. Okay. BC. Ahead of the so,
2: time in our podcast, so we're going to it's we're going to get we're going to give you guys a a special overview
0: episode here for the Fan of History podcast anyway. So we'll start off in the year, well, 609. Okay. First, the, the geopolitics of the Middle East. There, shortly before this, there were three major powers, Egypt, Babylonia, and Assyria. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the Babylonians, with a lot of help from approximately everybody, <laughs> managed to whack the Assyrians. And as I'm sure Bernie will tell you in an episode, That was really quite a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Assyrians were beaten out of their own capital city and they still didn't give up. No. They they were like the the alien. They just kept fighting. Anyway, by the year 609, the Babylonians, with their friends, had managed to eliminate the Assyrian power. So that left Babylon and Egypt. And they kind of, Babylon just sort of, Took, uh, took the empire. It, it, it took the empire. Right. Now, the Babylonians do not seem to have been good imperialists because their empire only lasted about 60 years. Yeah. And its ending is, is tragicomic. Mm-hmm. Really. It ends with a guy called the uh, King Nabonidus. Nabonidus. Who was one of the weirdest kings to have ever uh, ruled. Yeah, can't wait to really get into him. Oh yeah, he's he's a fascinating personality.
2: It kind of reminds you really cool. of Ezra Haddon in a way, but I don't know enough about him.
0: But he was very pious. Ah, uh, yes, he was incredibly pious. He was so pious that he decamped from his role as king for ten years. He did not that to live in the, <laughs> live in the desert. <laughs> now, now, given that the king of Babylon had sacred duties. That would be like as if the Pope decided to go to Tibet for 10 years and not show up for Easter and Christmas. Oh, that would be so awesome. That would be great. We should write a novel about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Yeah, I wonder what the Catholic Church would do. That would be interesting.
2: Oh, it would be definitely interesting. See how we're already off on a tangent? We're already yeah. we're already putting – we're already bringing the Pope to Tibet. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so it's 609,
0: we had the Babylonian Empire in charge. The Babylonian Empire, and Necho of Egypt decides to place Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, on the throne. Josiah had died a few years previously, and it's it's unsure why. Mm-hmm. We know of something to do with... Egypt coming to the defence of the remnant of Assyria against mm-hmm. Babylon, so Egypt is opposed to Babylon and a friend of Assyria. God knows why they were friends of Assyria. That's a long and, story. I'm sure. And Josiah decides uh, that he will defend Babylon, so he takes on the Egyptians uh, in as a sort of a blocking motion before the Egyptians can reach the Assyrians. Right, and he gets thoroughly thumped.
2: Yeah, yeah the, so but he was trying to stop the Egyptians from fighting the Assyrians. No, no, he was trying to
0: stop the Egyptians from supporting the From Assyrians. supporting the Assyrians, right. Aga- so he was against, trying to,
2: yeah, against right. the
0: Babylonians.
2: I did recently read it. I've got a, got the idea that maybe, maybe that the time they were sort of felt like they had their own territory, you know, and it was sort of like, don't come through here.
0: Uh, the Egyptians, you mean?
2: Yeah. So in other words, like the United States— can't just go through Mexico to get at somebody else.
0: Yeah, and when yeah, they did,
2: they, they were, you just like you can't go through Belgium, you know, if you're Germany to World <laughs> War One or two. And but they did, and then the, the Judah, you know, they weren't happy about it because they 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 did have a battle in the Megiddo Valley. Is that correct?
0: Um, about and I think Carchemish was the famous battle. They're on the way
2: to Carchemish, but I think that I believe that Josiah was killed in Megiddo. that, that could well be. Yeah, and that's like the pass. So, in other words, that's a really famous pass where it's hard to get through. So, he figured, I guess he figured he could stop them there. Not a good idea, obviously, because he got killed. Yeah, because he
0: got killed. Now, right. the Egyptians always regarded the Levant as a buffer zone sure, between themselves and whoever was running the north mm-hmm. from you know from Syria through to Mesopotamia. Right. So, So, they were fairly protective about it.
2: Right, and their trade was from there. That was oh,
0: And that's true, and, and it had a trade route, so they wanted to protect that. Had a little bit of everything for a great So they, they tended to be, if they could get control of it, they would. But mm-hmm. for, a, for a huge amount of Egypt's history, they, they simply didn't have the power to control it, so other people did. Right. Anyway, at this point, after Babylon, Babylonia and Egypt have faced off, faced off, uh, Egypt the Egyptians retreated from supporting the Assyrians when it became fairly clear that the Babylonians were going to win. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the sole effect of the Egyptian expedition into the Levant was to uh, wipe out Josiah and his Judean army. Mm-hmm. But Necho now claimed control of the Levant, sticks this king called uh, Yehiiakim on the throne. And for the next fifteen years Egypt controls the area. Okay. Now sometime during Yehoakim's reign, about maybe five years after Pharaoh Necho has installed the king, the Egyptians decide to have another bash at the Babylonians. Because well, well you know, the Babylonians don't look that hot, so why not? Yeah. Uh, and this is the Battle of Carchemish on the border oh, okay. of modern Turkey and Syria. So it's fairly—it's a fair way away from Egypt. It really is. Yeah, and not that far from Babylonia. No, not really. No. Okay. So they have a big clash in 605. They have another clash in 601. Sometimes the Egyptians win. Sometimes the Babylonians win. It doesn't—it doesn't change the geopolitics of anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about arguing about the Levant, or Palestine, or Judea, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Now, after the Babylonians have been defeated by the Egyptians in in a little battle, which changes not much at all, King Jehoiakim, who'd been installed by the Egyptians, uh, uh, is now taken over by the Babylonians,
1: They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: So, you know, it's a highly contested region. (laughs) It's It's taken over by the Babylonians having been under the Egyptians for 15 years. Right. And he thinks, hmm, now nah, I'm going to stop paying tribute to Babylon. That's now, not a good th- idea. This turns into yet another of Judah's diplomatic blunders. Throughout the entire history of the kingdom of Judah, they always picked the, the, the wrong side. They have a positive ability to pick the historical loser. It's absolutely amazing. Except there's only one the the one who the king who gets the worst
2: the worst in the Bible, right, is probably the was probably their best diplomat.
0: Oh, Manasseh. yeah, Manasseh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Manasseh had I mean they had olive trees, they had olive groves, they had olive oil production, they had
0: everything. And the writers of the Bible hated that success Hate with passion. Hated him. And they spent a lot of time trying to explain how everything that happened after Manasseh was actually Manasseh's fault. Yeah. I think it's like that What that um, lawyer in the States who blamed the election loss on Hugo Chavez. Oh, yeah, like her. Yeah, forget her <laughs> name. Sydney something, yes. Uh, Sydney Powell. Yeah. It's hey, before exactly- I forget
2: on a tangent, I, I, I think I asked you this, but you said I was not right. But I wonder... QAnon, right? And then oh, yeah. you you there's a Q source in the Bible.
0: That's good that's funny. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there is. And um I think given a lot of the QAnon people seem to be devout Christians, mm-hmm. although how how they work that out I don't know for themselves. I think we could say that um obviously Q is the foundation of QAnon, and Q is oh well it must have been written by Jesus, right?
2: Oh, yeah, Q could be. The G, the G source is Q. Let's start a rumor. The, yeah. the Q source was actually written
0: by Jesus. Written by Jesus. Mm. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, is, everybody. Is, is the foundation of the QAnon movie. There you go.
2: Sorry about that. Yeah. I obviously got on a tangent uh, quickly, but I'll bring us back. Yeah. So well, we still, have-
0: that makes more sense than a lot of the things, they believe. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Why not? Yeah. Okay, now where are we? So... Um, Jehoiakim has decided to stop paying tribute to Babylon.
2: On his own? It wasn't because
0: Egypt didn't tell him to do it, right? He just decided... I know, and Egypt didn't tell him. I think Egypt had just been defeated in yet another battle with Babylon. Yeah. They'd they'd retreated back to their kingdom. Gotcha. Uh, Or something. Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon regroups. He marches on Egypt again. And he goes right through Judah and basically casually besieges and takes Jerusalem. Uh Wow. On the way, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, on the way. Purely collateral damage. Nebuchadnezzar is is looking to get to Egypt. And the treasures of the temple, which have been so assiduously accumulated by David and Solomon, are pillaged. And this is the fifth time they were pillaged. (laughs) They, They seem to get pillaged quite often. Quite often. Yeah. It can't be the original treasure. Who, who knows? I mean, yeah. there's a there's a later legend, as as we'll probably get to, which has Ezra bringing back the treasures from Babylon. Oh, but they did seem to lose a lot on the way. Yeah, like the Ark and stuff, or sure. Yeah, like the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. and various other, um, the staff of Moses. Yeah, I think they were they were they were sold to a pawn shop somewhere. Probably. And, yeah. That's
2: pawn, he said, to us Americans, P-A-W, and not a pawn shop.
0: It was a pawn shop. Oh, okay. We pronounce them the same, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) right. You you pronounce the letter R. We don't pronounce R's. Right. That's right. Okay. Now, we don't know if King Jehoiakim died before the victory or if he was captured by the Babylonians. Mm Mm-hmm. Some versions... Or some stories have him actually buried in uh, Jerusalem, but we don't know. Okay. Anyway, Yehoiakim leaves his 18-year-old son, Yehoiakim. Oh, that's tricky. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yehoiakim versus Yehoiakim. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately, it's even, those are the Hebrew pronunciations, and unfortunately, it's even uglier in English. Ooh. So I'll just call him his son. Oh, oh no, no, wait, he's got another name, Jeconiah. Let's we'll call him Jeconiah. Okay, okay. okay. So there's his 18 year old son, Jeconiah. He's been put on the throne by the Babylonians. He only rules for three months, oh. and as far as we can tell, he ruled little more than the city of Jerusalem, ah, because he was surrounded by Babylonian armies facing off against Egypt. Gotcha. So it, it, it's entirely possible, actually. One theory is that Jeconiah was specifically installed by the Babylonians so that he could formally surrender to them after his father had died in the middle of the siege. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Uh, how how embarrassing is that? Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, you're the king. Yeah. By the way, you got to surrender and give us your city. Yeah. Yeah. Dad would not be proud.
2: Yeah, yeah, that does stink.
0: Welcome to manhood.
2: <laughs> You're 18 it, year a man now. Now you got to do something
0: terrible. It, 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 does, it does stink. Now, we're up to the year 597. Okay. Uh, Babylonia and Egypt have been facing off for 10 years, battling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar has taken Judah, and this is traditionally held to be the first of the Judean deportations to Babylon. Okay. The, the exile has begun because so,
2: they rebelled. Yeah. So then, they, while they were going to while they were going through the Levant, they
0: attacked Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
2: Babylon, and then they deported some people.
0: Yes, I mean, um, Jehoiakim had said, "No, I'm not going to pay you tribute anymore because we got the Egyptians at our back." No, they didn't have the Egyptians at their back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Babylonians just Babylonians just marched through and went whack, 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 whack didn't destroy the city though they just captured it they just captured it gotcha. no, they, they've left the city intact they just stolen lots of things including people right and they took them to Babylon took them to Babylon now we actually have tablets from Babylon where King Je- Jeconiah who's one of the deportees uh, where the tablet describes the various goods given to Jeconiah's household yeah so he's, he's not living in chains no no, he's living as a um. I suppose he'd be under house arrest, but he's given uh, oil and wheat and
2: wine and all that sort of stuff. You don't have that in front of you, do you? With the, you know, I tell you, sometimes I I forget so many things. But this particular story, I always remember that how they he was well taken care of in Babylon.
0: Yeah, and in fact, he was well taken care of for another thirty years. mm Hmm. So he he prospered there in Babylon for years.
2: You know why I say that? You know I, I you know, because in our podcast we always say they were taken to Nineveh and they're never heard from again. Mm. And sometimes I just wonder if that wasn't a tradition too. You know to say like, we're going to take this city. Listen, you're going to surrender or you're going to die. But if you come back, we're going to feed you. You're going to be everything will be good. And it seems like in this situation it was. So sometimes I wonder if in Assyria the did they you know, kill them or did they maybe set them up?
0: That's a good point. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll mention some more evidence in a little bit. Okay. Bearing specifically on that point, actually. Okay. Anyway, so we're now, uh, Babylon now controls Judah. King Jeconiah has gone off to a forced retirement in Babylon. And the Babylonians now place Jeconiah's uncle, uh, Zedekiah, so that's uh. a, a name we could pronounce, on the throne. Mm -hmm. Zedekiah is a junior son of dear old Josiah. Oh, he's one of Josiah's sons. He's one of Josiah's sons. Okay. Because Jeconiah had been a grandson of Josiah. Oh. So given that the senior line has been rubbed out, you now have uh, the junior line coming over. But they're obviously very closely related. Right. So Zedekiah has been placed on the throne of uh, Judah.
2: He went on himself, or did Babylonians put him up there? Oh, the Babylonians put him on. Gotcha. Because there's still these Babylonian armies. Because they took the king, and then they needed somebody to run the city while they were...
0: Yeah. Gotcha. And it seems they did not place a, a native Babylonian governor No. On it. They just said, okay.
2: It's a it lot nice. easier to just have local rulers, you know, the Syrians are the same thing. Yeah. As long as they
0: could. Yeah. yeah. Use the natives. They, they 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 understand their societies better. Correct. And they all cop all the flack.
2: Right. And then they like to have a legitimate king, you know, so it keeps the people under
0: not getting so mad. Yes. I mean it's like what, Hitler planned to put Edward the Eighth on the th- throne again? Oh if he if he invaded um if he took Britain? Huh. I forgot
2: about that too, probably.
0: Yeah. And that that's why Churchill sent Edward the Eighth to become governor of the Bahamas.
2: Oh yes, I know there was some story along there. Yeah. Didn't they try to yeah. kidnap him?
0: I think there were rumors like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's a and, a crazy Nazi story. They tried to kidnap him, and they were bungles. They bungled the whole thing. I think.
0: Yeah, and Edward VIII, who had, who had abdicated because he wanted to marry a divorcee. Ah, uh-huh. Edward the was fairly chummy with the Germans, and I think he, they and Hitler. Sorry, Churchill was just, no, this guy's a bit of a danger. So let's yeah. send him as far away as we can. And the Bahamas isn't bad. Yeah, the other Bahamas wouldn't be bad.
2: No. It starts with a B, like Babylon, like they did to the king of <laughs> Judah, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, back to Zedekiah. Yeah. Who has been installed by the Babylonians. Now, early in Zedekiah's reign, the regional leaders in the Vant, including his own country, get together to plot a revolt against Babylon. Hmm. And Zedekiah says, that sounds like a good idea. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) What could possibly go wrong?
2: Hmm.
0: Now, he decides to oppose Babylon, and he's hoping, I know, this worked before. Egypt's got our back. Okay. Okay. He, He obviously didn't have a very big historical consciousness. No. So... For a second time, a king of Judah, in this case Zedekiah, decides to stop paying tribute. Right. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, all his mates in the surrounding little petty kingdoms suddenly have a change of heart and decide Hmm. to stay silent and not revolt. So Zedekiah is all by himself. And once again, the Egyptians decide to sit out the whole mess. Hmm. So, once again, Nebuchadnezzar moves against his client state for a second time in 589 BC, which is seven years after the First Revolt. So how inept can these guys be? I
2: mean, they, they continue- didn't even
0: have an army, did they? What did they even have? No, they, they would have had nothing. They continually think that Egypt will save them. They continually revolt against a power, what? Orders of magnitude stronger than they are. I mean, who was advising these people?
2: Yeah, I do. After I, I might have mentioned, I I've been reading a book on Assyrian intelligence services, and they have like hundreds of agents. And I just I think some of these small states they must have had no intelligence services at all, <laughs> really, or they didn't believe their people. They're, you know, they, no. or who knows? Maybe they. I don't know. I would have think the Babylonians did not want didn't did not want them to rebel. So I don't think they would have put them up to it. Only the Egyptians would have wanted them to rebel. Just to yeah, keep,
0: yeah. You know. I mean, no, Babylon would want something nice and quiet. Yeah. Just, okay. Pay your taxes, mates. Yeah. And everything'll be fine.
2: Yeah. So he got the idea. As far as we know, we don't really know why he got this idea. Just they sort of got. They said, let's you know, not do it. They, it's kind
0: of always a thing. It's either anti-Assyrian or whoever. I mean, Zedekiah did it. Jehoiakim did it. Both times. Let's stop paying tribute. Egypt will save us. Both times. Complete bloody mess. Now, this time, okay, the Babylonians go, right, we've had it with you guys. So they come through, besiege uh, Jerusalem, and take it. But now compared to the situation several years before, when the Babylonians had done the same, they had, sorry, several years before, the Babylonians had done the same, and they'd basically just taken the city and stolen things and people. Mm-hmm. Now times had moved on. Egypt was forgetting uppity. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians had to transform Judah from a client state with its own admittedly ludicrous foreign policy <laughs> to, to a dependent province. Right, okay. So they said, right, we are taking you, you guys over big time. So they besieged the thing, the the city. They burnt the temple to the ground, and they destroyed Jerusalem. And just to put the icing on the top, remember that they had taken King Jeconiah and set him up in a nice little apartment somewhere. Yeah. And he was doing fine this time. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar blinded Zedekiah. Oh, Zedekiah. Zedekiah, okay. who's the current king, killed his sons and took him to Babylon. Now I'm sure that Jeconiah, sitting in Babylon, would have greeted Zedekiah with a big "I told you so." Ha! <laughs> yeah. So that's how the Jews got into exile. Now, let me just, so, so this, Zedekiah, they they blinded, they killed his
2: sons first, and then blinded them, right? Yeah, or, or in whatever order does not matter? Well, they said that was a. La- I think they said that was the last thing they wanted him to see.
0: Oh, that could. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten that story.
2: Yeah. So yeah. they killed their sons in front of them and then, then blinded them. Like,
0: that's gangster. Yeah, that is gangster. So this was now the third and final deportation. And the whole process had taken about 20 years. Three deportations over 20 years. One big issue, we do not know how many people were deported. Mm-hmm. We do not know what proportion of the population were deported. There, there are two theories. One is called the empty land theory, the other I call the chocker block theory. Okay. Under the empty land theory, which is promoted by the Book of Chronicles, basically there was no one left. Hmm. Pretty much everyone was gone except, you know, your you, you cripples and complete dependents and all that <laughs> sort of thing, right? So they, mm. they left the old people there who were utterly useless to the Babylonians, <laughs> and that's about it. Under the chock block theory, yes, Jerusalem suffered, and they were taken away, but the rural population, who would have constituted at least 90% of the entire Jewish population, they were left there. Because, well, hey, Babylon would like someone to you know keep making goods and, and, and agricultural products. Right. Scholars have oscillated between these two theories for years. Until the 20th century, scholars followed chronicles with the empty land story. And said, "No, it's been completely depopulated." Mm-hmm. Then people came up with the Chocka Block theory, and now there's been a move back towards the Empty Land theory. So it is the scholarship is still fluid. Mm. People, the archaeology apparently can be interpreted as favouring either mm-hmm. side. On, on the Empty Land theory, apparently there are very very few Babylonian artifacts. You can find in Judah from the time of the exile, okay. which would seem to which would seem to indicate huh, maybe there was no one here to make make anything, or other archaeologists say no. Wait on, we just haven't found them yet. Mm-hmm. And you know, in archaeology, well, that could well be the case because they're always digging up things that make you go, "Wow, didn't know that."
2: So there's no Babylonian. Is there is there local stuff, or I guess
0: they would know what the Babylonian. At the time, yeah. so, so I, I think it's, it's a case we, we don't find Babylonian coins, we don't find, um, you know, a ba- ba- characteristic Babylonian pottery, say, all that sort of stuff. Now, just to interrupt, this, geez, there's somebody idiot has got some machine going. Oh, I don't hear it. No, it's showing up on my audacity. So. Oh. When I send you my WAV, I will have to apply my magic noise gate to try and get rid of it. Okay. I don't it's hear like, it, though. It's like someone's about, you know, 300 years away with a jackhammer. Like, ah. You know, yards away with a jackhammer. So it's just it's just a low. Can you see him or no? Is he going to be going for a while? No, I'm, in, um, I'm upstairs, and all oh. I can see is my roof. Loud okay, bastard. well, that's the. Um,
2: well, so wait, so wait, let me just say I was head of thought. Okay so, mm. so okay so it's a, we think it could have be empty of people or it could have they could have taken some people and left some you know the rural workers and they yeah. think it's empty because they don't have a lot of material culture that they're finding I was That's just true. watching um a, a talk with Israel Finkelstein I love him oh, he's yeah. great and he was talking about how Jerusalem becomes a big city when it's a part of an imperial when it's in part of another empire, so like for example, oh. when hezekiah you know when when the Northern kingdom was crushed and all the people moved in that's number one it went from like it you know went ten times the size and then it was a big city because it was kind of the only city and then it was really you know Manasseh was awesome with the Assyrians and they had a great fifty years of like peace and prosperity. And, hmm. uh, you know, I bet you his... I wouldn't be surprised if he was a good vassal in the way of... Like, for example, there was an Arab. The Arabs were um, revolting in the 640s. And I know the king of Moab, he ran his troops. But, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that whole area... So, I, you know, Manasseh and all was a good... Like I say, was a good vassal and the town was big. And now now the Babylonians knock it down. I guess the point is that it's not the best place to be, to It's not like... Oh, that's a perfect location. Let's all move here. It just kind of becomes like it's a perfect location if it's part of this other thing because it was really big during the during the Roman times too. It became a,
0: more of a provincial center, you know. Yeah, and and when it was just an independent kingdom, Jerusalem was quite small. Um, right. And, uh, Israel Finkelstein is one of my favorite authors. Yeah, I've used a lot of his material, and yeah, he's he's a he's a big proponent for saying that it, throughout the entire kingdom of Judah. Jerusalem was just a few thousand people or something. Right, unless there was a special situation. That's right, unless, as you say, they were actually part of a, a larger geopolitical entity.
2: Right, so Babylonians seems like they didn't really need them. It doesn't even sound like they, I don't know if they did or not, I'd have to find out, but you know, we know the Assyrians used to move people in, but it doesn't even seem like they moved anybody in the Judah.
0: No, from what I know.
2: I mean that the so we don't think the Babylonians moved people in, and so it was this kind of empty, and then everybody was, I mean, I should say, the higher ups, working people, the nobles, and all those kind of class of people were shipped off to Babylon. They must have been useful. Well, they do, I do, I do know that in the ancient Near East at this time, human beings were a commodity. So somebody who could, you know, could do work and do things to bring them to Babylon. You know, you we, we, we wouldn't do that today. You know, you wouldn't go conquer a country and then bring all its people back. You know, you'd have to take care of them. But I guess, you know, in those days, people were valuable, especially people who knew how to do stuff.
0: Well, uh, the Book of Ezra says that when, when they were, the Jews were coming back, they came back with lots of gold and silver. Ah. So it must have been, say, the, the wealthy mercantile class. That was deported. Yes, and anyone who had a gold watch, I suppose.
2: <laughs> so, so two years it took to—I to, I believe it also took two years to conquer Jerusalem this time, and then completely wipe it out.
0: Yeah, the first time Nebuchadnezzar besieged the place, he seems to have taken it fairly quickly. So I don't know why it took him two years mm-hmm. this time. Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah, maybe they had bolstered their defenses.
2: Maybe, that, or maybe somebody let them in, you know, that kind of thing at the time.
0: Uh, that's true. Maybe someone left them in. I was about to say, I mean, given the ineptitude of Judean foreign policy, I don't know if they would have been smart enough to reinforce the walls.
2: <laughs> Who knows? You know, you never know. Maybe it was a sort of a thing where they said, you know, if you let us in, we're not going to kill you and destroy everything. And after this, they're like, forget it. We're knocking everything down. <laughs> Something along those lines.
0: Yeah, that that could be.
2: So anyway, Gary, sorry. So where? So so then where? Uh, so then you take it from there. Where do we go from there?
0: Oh, that's that's where I'd like to end it.
2: Oh, we're ending. I'm sorry. I got to say. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up.
0: I'm so sorry. Okay, yeah, that's right. We'll wrap it up. Oh, no, and next time, and it can be any time you like, because I'm not doing anything. We can go into into exile and what it was like in exile and coming back.
2: So now they're off to exile, but now we're going to talk about what happened during the exile and when they come back the next time. See you next time. See you next time. Oh, I was just going to say that, but I just just said it. (laughs) Perfect.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.